Welcome to BD4, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five-star show on Apple Podcasts, also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy the show. Champion of the world, turning, looking, see ya! Anthony for three, bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied! Time! Penetrate, creates, and showing dexterity as well with the left hand. What's up? Knicks win last night. We're getting right into it. Um, gonna be a shorter episode again. I've just been a little busy lately. Episode 480. Um, I don't have my voice too, so excuse me for that. <clears throat> um, part of the reason is because I was screaming during last night's game. But a uh, big win for the Knicks last night. Now just two back from the Jersey Nets the number five seed Miami also lost making the Knicks just a half game behind them at number six and um, if you look behind them Atlanta also lost or just a few games behind the now 32 and 27 Knicks uh, and standings aside this was this was huge it was a big one because it was a huge statement win right the Knicks snapped the nine-game skid against the Nets. But to me, given everything that's happened in, in that organization over the last week or two, this was a game that had that had you know, had bragging rights on the line. And I think last night the Knicks snatched it back, at least for the time being. Uh, you know, they seem to be trending upwards. And the Nets seem to be trending down. You know, it's it's obvious that it's always been a Knicks city. That's that's not no, that's never been up for debate. Knicks fans are in New York. New York is, is you know mainly Knicks fans. Um, but the Knicks didn't have the bragging rights with, with Durant and Kyrie. You know, they were there, and and as long as they were there, the Nets were going to have the talk. Uh you know, despite them never winning with that duo, <laughs> but last night the Knicks got, the Knicks got it back. Um, you know, the Nets have a cute thing going. They, they, they've got some assets like the Knicks, um, but I don't see a ton of offensive talent on that team. Dinwiddie, I, I, other people like him. He doesn't do it for me. Mikal Bridges is he's okay, but they don't have a single twenty-five point scorer. We've got damn near two. You know, they don't have a single 20-point score, period, I'm pretty sure. They play some nice defense, though. That They could do some things with their defense, sneak into the 10th seed. Um, but, you know, they've got athleticism and length. That's nice. But last night, yes, the Knicks win 124-106 at Madison Square Garden. 
And it was behind the uh, the Nova duo. We have the Duke Knicks. We have the Kentucky Knicks. Now we've got the Nova Knicks. Um, last night's win was led by Jalen Brunson and, and Josh Hart out there, reliving their days together as Wildcats, now as Knicks. Um, between the two of them, they combined for 67 points, 25 of 35 shooting, 71%. And 10 of 15 shooting from three, which is 67%. No turnovers between the two of them. It was it was epic. Big. Uh, and it was a tough start to the game. You know, the tough first half. The Nick offense was was fine, but the defense was getting obliterated. Uh, they they couldn't contain the dribble drive. A lot of finishes at the rim early on and a whole lot of kickouts you know three point shooting <laughs> killed the Knicks uh, you had Dinwiddie sniping out there 20 points a few three pointers three assists in the first half you know three point shooting and he's also getting by Nick defenders and attacking the basket the Dinwiddie Claxton pick and roll was giving us trouble Jericho has some problems there and it was 61-58 nets at halftime. But the second quarter was a brand new story. Uh, the Knicks had enough. Uh, the third quarter, they come out the gate strong, opening up on a 10-0 run. Behind Brunson, who is distributing, getting into the paint, knocks down a three-point shot. That puts the Knicks up. But the Nets answer back. Claxton gets hot for a few minutes. He's scoring facilitating he's getting to the free throw line the next the nets take the lead back and it was back and forth like that for a while until the knicks ended the period on their run late third quarter behind some excellent play from brunson and josh hart out there together of course um put the knicks up 10 points after three and so the fourth quarter comes and the knicks put the jersey boys to bed early on they keep their clamps on and then they start pouring it on even more offensively. You know, before you knew it, garbage time came early. It was quickly. Josh Hart kept scoring. They propelled the team early fourth quarter. And by the six-minute mark or so, the game was it was over. And Thibodeau actually emptied the bench. So just like that, the streak is over. And the Knicks win by 18 points over the irrelevant as ever Jersey Nets. So let's give our thoughts on this. Um... Head to break. As soon as we get back, we'll give some thoughts and then we'll wrap it up. All right. Hey, guys. So if you are a listener of the podcast often and you want to know where to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook at BD4. You can find me on Twitter at BD4Pod. And you can also find me on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. All right. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ. You're listening to episode 480 of the podcast. Episode 480 of BD4. Um, one second here. Alright. Sorry. The defense locked down the second half last night. It, it, it was like a tale of two halves. Looked like the Nets were on pace for 127 points. But the Knicks clamped down in the second half. They held them to just 45 points, 
41% shooting and 3 of 13 three-point shooting. Uh, on the inside, Hartenstein did an excellent job holding down the paint. Nets finished with just 36 points down there. Uh, he helped slow down Claxton. Um, I thought the Knicks held Dinwiddie quiet in the second half, which was obviously a key. You know, only eight or nine points in the second half. And that was the game right there to me. Like, I was concerned because he looked like he was on one, you know. The last thing I wanted is for him to keep cooking and propel the Nets to a victory because I did not have the energy to hear that journeyman open up his mouth. You know, he's he's an instigator. He's kind of trying to spark up this rivalry, which I like. I respect that. Um, but I'm glad he choked when it mattered in typical Nets fashion. Um, so I, I thought the defense clamping down was key. But obviously the the true hero of the night um, was once again Jalen Brunson. Bing bang! That's why I'm giving him the game ball. You see the numbers on the screen if you're watching the podcast. 40 points, 15 of 21 shooting, 6 of 9 from 3, 5 assists, a block, and no turnovers. I mean, he's playing like an all-star despite not being selected. He's playing like a star, man. Um, The Nets tried everything. They tried putting their longer wing defenders on him early, which was expected. That's what defenses have tried to do. They had bridges on him right away. Uh, you saw Finney Smith. They were just trying to prevent him from getting into the lanes, and he countered that with footwork or just simply going to the perimeter instead. And, you know, they were bringing help, but he'd shoot the ball before it even arrived. I mean, he just he just continues to find a way to get buckets, find a way to score, not just at all three levels, but in so many different ways on those spots on the floor. You know, it's the three-point shooting, but it's the floaters when he's in the paint or the mid-range pull-ups. He had the scoop layup last night off a blow-by. A crossover last night, he crossed up that one reserve. Who was it? Sharp? I mean, he was just in his bag the entire night, and he has been lately. Three 40-point games on the year. Two of them have come in the last two weeks. Um, he's got 15 30-plus point games, which puts him just three behind third all-time in 30-point games for a single season as a Nick. He's he's doing incredible things, man. And he's not just scoring, but again, he's super efficient. I mean, the guy's flirting with the 50-40-90. Um, the free throw, he, he's gone through these weird free throw streaks where he's been hot and cold, but he's not far off. I mean, he, he scores at such a high volume and high efficiency, and that's really hard to do. You know, how many games do we see him knock down 12, 13, 14 field goals? It's insane. These 50% games, 60%, 70% last night. It's hilarious, man. It really makes me laugh and just chuckle when I'm watching him sometimes. You know, it was that third quarter last night. The third quarter when he just stole any momentum that the Nets had going for them. He goes out there and he drops 17 quick points. Um... Seven out of eight shooting in the period. Nailed all three of his triples. It was amazing. Uh, and of course, if we're going to talk about Jalen Brunson, it's like now he's got a, like a sidekick uh, off the bench, you know, who he plays well with. And, and you know, he's familiar, obviously, with, with his teammate, Josh Hart, who gets the, the game ball off the bench. Bing bang. 
Uh, Josh Hart, 27 points, his best game of the year. Four rebounds, two assists, a steal. No turnovers for him across 28 minutes. I, I thought his debut was excellent. Last night made it feel like nothing. The dude is thriving out there, and he's clearly, clearly feeding off Madison Square Garden. You can see it. He's out there trash-talking Nets players, Dinwiddie. He's pointing to the New York across his chest, screaming to Knicks fans, yelling out there, jumping after knocking down shots. You can really see how much he enjoys being in the city, and he's clearly embracing it all right now. He's become an instant fan favorite. You know, and he's just getting buckets right now. He started the night off with, with kind of hesitating on that three-pointer, but he knocks it down, and that kind of opened up the rest of his game. His drive was there, and he, and he got a couple more three-point shots to land. It's going to be interesting to see where his three-point shot lands. You know, can he be average from there like he's been for the most of his career? Will it go back down to 30% like it was with Portland this year? Or will he find it in this new role in the Knicks offense? Like the Knicks like the driving kick offense. Brunson came here and he upped his percentage. He's pretty efficient on his spot ups this year. You never know. Maybe he can become more of a 3 and D type of wing with the Knicks. Which he's not really that. But in this new role, maybe he can be that. I don't know. But again, last night he's out there playing the break, turning rebounds into transition offense. There was the one play where he intercepts the fast break time from, from the Nets, and he starts his own going coast to coast, finishes. He's out there using his body at the rim, making deflections in the lane, contesting shots at the rim. You saw the play where he's helping on the elbow, and then he scrambles back down to the low paint to protect the rim. You know, he's stunting out there, recovering. And with the way Thibodeau runs his defense, with, with, you know, guys cheating off the corners on the perimeter, I think that's going to help Josh Hart because he already likes to anticipate the pass by playing the lanes like that. It could really benefit. He might fit that defense perfectly. Might be a system for him. Um, and, And he closed once again last night and I think that has that has to be the recipe for the time being at least it has to be Brunson quickly Josh Hart Julius Randle and Isaiah Hartenstein I think that's got to be your five to close the game you know RJ and Grimes have done absolutely nothing to deserve late fourth quarter minutes and Josh Hart has already done enough to get those minutes right now just by playing defense and rebounding alone. You know, um, I also like that quickly is still able to do his thing out there, even with another scoring wing aside him. You know, it's not impacted him at all these last two nights. He scored 15 against Utah and he goes for 14 last night, playing a big role in the fourth quarter before the game was out of hand. And that's going to make life easier for Tom Thibodeau. The bench scored 52 points last night. We're used to seeing them in the low 20s. You know, that had to be a season high. Or at least a year high. He had 27 from Hart, 14 from Quickly, and a solid 8 points from Hartenstein. Of course, Deuce is the odd man out, and, and it'd be nice for 
uh, Obi Toppin to become a half-average player again sometime soon. But, you know, to have at least three guys who you can now rely on in the second unit, it's going to make it easier. Tibbs now has guys that he can trust. You know, you saw no no 40-minute game last night from anyone. Brunson got 36. Randall got 32. Normal for your two best guys. And then everyone else, 20-something minutes or less. Guys went into the fourth quarter with fresh legs. And again, I've, I've never been one to over-exaggerate about playing time. And, you know, these guys are too tired at the end of games. I've never bought into that garbage. Um... But on the flip side, giving moderate rest to these guys is never something to complain about either. You know, so I, 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 I like the way he trusted his guys. He trusted his guards last night, which again, I went into the night a little concerned. Nets have the wingspan. The wingspan, you know, they, they play good defense. I thought that would affect us some, but Tibbs trusted his guards and it really, really, really paid off. Um, I, I do want to talk about one thing, one topic of conversation, which isn't exactly positive lately, um, and I'll do that when we get back from break, uh, talking about R.J. Barrett. Stay with us. We'll be right back, and we'll talk a little R.J. BD4 is located on many different platforms. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, and if you do there, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. You can listen to it on Spotify, but you can also watch the podcast on both Spotify and YouTube. BD4 is available on many other platforms as well. All you got to do is search it up. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and much more. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You know, my, my best, one of my best friends, my cousin... You know, occasionally he'll just like randomly text me and he'll start venting over random topics. And I just got a gigantic LeBron rant. He's like, you know, he's a big LeBron hater. <laughs> and I cannot wait to read it, but he just sent me like a quadruple text, five different, four different essays on, on like LeBron. And I can't wait to check it out. Um, <laughs> I, uh, RJ Barrett, it, it, it's, ooh, it's, it's, um, it's not good uh, right now. It, it's definitely not good. Four points last night. One rebound, no assists, three turnovers, some more terrible defense, and 24 minutes too much. I mean, the dude had a triple zero at halftime. That's that's a, that's a term that I have now coined. A triple zero. Um, it doesn't take a scientist to figure out what I mean. To put up numbers like that, four one zero. At the at the end of a game, to to have no numbers like that, that is that is, it's impressive, but it's it's not just struggling. To score four points, grab one board, and give out no assists, that's not just struggling. Struggling is is you know nine, ten, eleven points on six of twenty something shooting, right? We've seen that from RJ struggling. But to have those type of numbers, that that tells me he's keeping the blinders on. I was watching him last night. Tunnel vision, no assists, not rebounding the basketball, to to go for four points on eight shots. I mean, that's energy. That's effort. That's pathetic effort. It's a disgrace. And it's starting to get to me. You know, that is all all terrible decision-making. 
that is effort. It's it's bad. And the convo has come up again about demoting RJ Barrett to the bench. Um, first off, the fact that this seems to be an annual conversation says all you need to know about RJ Barrett's consistency or, or, or lack thereof. But honestly, I still say no. You keep him at starting wing because it's clearly a confidence thing at the moment. If you send him to the bench, it kind of creates a lot of noise and that's going to make matters worse for RJ's mental game. You know, And I will say this again. I personally, I don't think RJ Barrett is very good. I think he's okay, but nothing more. I think we've seen the best of him, maybe a little better. But I think RJ Barrett is is you know a not so efficient volume scorer with tunnel vision, little defense, an inconsistent three point shot, and mediocre rebounding. His best skill set is getting to the rim but he's still pretty below average down there. You know? And he can also thrive on those weak side spot-ups, but we don't get consistency on his three-point shot at all. Can't shoot off the dribble. There's no athleticism. And specifically, his his feet have gotten incredibly slow. You, you watch him. Slow, slow feet, and that kills him on the defensive side of the ball. That all said, yeah, I, I still think you ride it out. You let him find his way out of the slump. I mean, I'm already hearing Knicks fans advocating for Josh Hart to start over him. <laughs> I get that. But at the same time, I like like, I like the whole if it ain't broke, don't fix it thing. I think right now we just let it fly. Um, and I just think a lot of Knicks fans are incredibly impatient and overreact more than anything. The Knicks lose one game and it's fire Tibbs. R.J. Barrett slumps for a few games and it's trade R.J. Which, again, I don't disagree with. But the difference is those same fans are riding his hype train when he's hot. You know, Josh Hart has been here for two games. He he dropped 27 last night, which he'll probably never do again this year. And you're already hearing start Josh Hart. It's all of this. It's just, it's extreme recency bias being a prisoner of the moment, which, you know, like I always say, you need to zoom out sometimes. You know, it's all noise from classic, immature Zoomer generation fans who, you know, are used to getting their way all the time. And, and you know, the second something doesn't want, doesn't go their way, they want change. It's that trophy generation mentality. So... Yeah, I, I want RJ Barrett on the first flight out of here, just like most of you. Um, but you are a seven seed on the verge of, of a six spot, about to head into All Star break at thirty two and twenty seven, which is slightly better than most of us expected. And this is the Knicks' third overall pick we're talking about here. The Knicks just handed him a one hundred twenty million dollar check, so it's not going to happen. You know, it, it's not the way to increase his confidence level but it's also not the way to increase his trade value if you do plan on moving him in the summer or whenever that star becomes available right so he's here right now and he's got to play through it unless it gets super super bad but I'm talking like really bad I'm not just talking about the last five or so games where he's been awful 
for now. You keep starting him. You hope he finds his way out. And you sit him in the fourth quarter. You sit him down the stretch. Yes. And that's what Tibbs has been doing over the last couple weeks. That's fine. But that's it on the bad. It was a good win. Uh, the Nets are irrelevant again. Love it. Uh, all 12 of their fans are pretty quiet right now. And um, next up, the Knicks have got the Atlanta Hawks. And then that's the last game before the All-Star break. So hopefully we can end on a win. That'd be huge. It, it seems like it's revenge week. We got the win over Danny Ainge's Jazz. We just defeated the New Jersey Nets. And now we're coming for the uh, Trey Young Hawks. So it's it's revenge week at the Garden. Although I don't know if uh, tomorrow night's game is at the Garden. I've got to check. But that's it. Let's get to our final break, get back, and we'll wrap it up with our trivia. Stay with us. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. Alright, so for this episode, episode 480, our NYY, NYK, MMA trivia question of the day is, which two Knicks from the 2014-15 roster led the team in total minutes and games played? Alright, which two Knicks from the 2014-15 roster led the team in total minutes and games played? So let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. I'll say it one last time. Which two Knicks from the 2014-15 roster led the team in total minutes and games played? And, um, yep, that's it. Episode 480, quick one, short one, in the books. Um, I'll see you in 481 when we're talking Knicks-Jazz. That should be a good one. I'm sorry, Knicks-Hawks uh, should be a good one. It's always uh, an interesting game. When we go against that rat Trey Young. So that's it. Thanks for stopping by 480. Over in the books. Later. This episode was brought to you by Anchor.